1: My goodness! what a what a yeah, great that's, start! This is how we started the show. We got totally thrown <laughs> off, but it's okay because from Ybor City in one seven one four West Seventh Street in Ybor City, where it all began, it's time to jump into the rotation. Hit the music. What a special day! But first, let's go ahead and introduce us because we were the ones who started here. Uh, I'm. <laughs> my name is Gary. I si. am the political director here for Suncoast Normal and the official token Jew here. <laughs> to my right, of course, is uh, Carlos Hermida, our deputy director and the person with all the answers, but c- constantly forgets the questions. Mm-hmm. And where am I? <laughs> exactly. And what's going on? And from our, our nation's capital. Up on the upper right hand side, we have hitting below the beltway, Carlos, <laughs> Chris Cano, <laughs> our executive director, and I'm already screwing up. Isn't that fantastic? <laughs> and in the, uh, the square below, we have a very, very special guest. But before we introduce him, we want to say, we want to introduce something that one of our legislators had said earlier this, in the last election. Go ahead.
2: Are you satisfied with the pace with which? the people's amendment to get medical marijuana into the state has been going, and two, do you support any form of legalization for recreational marijuana? Charlotte's well, web bill in 2014.
1: Uh, I helped develop the expectations, the standards of you gotta have a $5 million bond to be in the business. We don't want fly-by-night Cheech and Chong's flying, coming in and trying to open up. <laughs> this is what, we, what they think of us. And they, the the biggest fear they have is that Cheech and Chong might come to Florida, ladies and gentlemen. Tommy Chong is here in Florida. Let's watch all the politicians run,
0: (laughs) Tommy. I own a head shop in Florida, and I like to think of myself as a Chong that came to Florida to open a head shop. So that's awesome.
2: uh, They didn't want no Cheech and Chong there. Too late.
1: <laughs> and this exactly. was the guy who set it up so you had to have a $5 million bond and absolutely no yeah. mom and pop could possibly come to Florida.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. $5,000 bond. And who gets that? Oh, they just put it up just in case you're going to do what? <laughs> exactly. Sell it to old people? <laughs> yeah, I love that.
1: We don't have the best program here. It's a medical program. But, of course, as you have said all cannabis use is medical. Yeah. So, uh, well,
3: here,
0: here's the here's proof. Here is absolutely proof. The guy that was responsible for like putting it all together was saying we don't want no Cheech and Chongs coming to Florida. And now we've got like one of the worst medical systems in the country. Like one <laughs> of the most expensive systems in the country. Um the, the worst cannabis, some of the worst cannabis in the country, to be honest with you. Um yeah. so they screwed it up and they screwed it up because they didn't want no chongs here.
2: <laughs> or cheeses <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it, it, it you know that mindset. You got to remember, there's a this has been going on for over 80 years. You know, yeah. the, the, the big lie. Can you imagine they started? They they lied because they they couldn't uh, keep alcohol uh, illegal. They had a, you know, uh, stop prohibition on alcohol. And so they looked around and found, oh, marijuana, you know, only black people smoke it anyway. So, okay, let's make that our, our illegal uh, substance, you know, that everybody needs. Because that, 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 that's how so many people make money, uh, yeah. of it being illegal, you know, and then yeah. selling, selling the licenses. I love that one. You know, everybody's okay. Uh, we're going to make it legal, but now you have to spend uh, thousands of dollars for some stupid rules that no one's going to follow, and uh, just you know, it's, it's crazy. Uh, but you know, we're 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 plowing along, and we're, and we're making inroads. We're we're getting there.
0: Well, you you were talking about uh, how long. Uh, this has been going on. And you've been really in it since the beginning, man. Like, I'm not gonna say that you're like one of the first people to try to like destigmatize cannabis or really try to like normalize cannabis, right. But you're definitely one of the first people that were popular in doing it. Right? Yeah, so well, what
2: we what we did, we we used comedy. You yeah, see, comedy is the best weapon period for, for any any change in society. If you, get, if you get people laughing at their stupidness, you know, their mistakes, they, they can change that easy. You know, it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a fear uh, that we, that's what, that's what Cheech and I did with our movies. You know, we, we showed you people, the, the regular people, the, the smoke pot uh, are, are the Cheech and Chong uh, characters that we played, you know, mm-hmm. they're across the board. That's why we're so popular and still so popular because we were everybody's dad, uncle, cousin, brother, uh, you know, friend. And uh, I've been meeting people, you know, in my journeys now where the first, really the first words that, hip, hip words that they came, came into their head, was from our Cheech and Chong records. You know, (laughs) and so when you start uh, changing minds, you know, when they're five, six years old, (laughs) you're on to (laughs) something, you know, and here we are, you know, years later, but what, what all we, all I wanted to do with, with the movies was to show how, how harmless pot is and, and the people that smoked it and why they smoked it, you know, it wasn't like, they call it a gateway drug but that gate goes both ways. You see, you can, you can enter into the world of drugs, which a lot of people have, or you can leave the world of drugs with cannabis. And that's what's going on now because cannabis is being proven to be the best uh, fight against opioids and heroin and all the other heavy drugs, you know, cocaine, uh, all, all those heavy drugs. You, you you can you can get off with cannabis because cannabis you can't remember shit. You see? So, <laughs> so once you're smoking up cannabis, you can't remember uh, your own name, let alone what drugs you used to do. You know.
1: Yeah. Well, I remember back in high school, I was the first one to get big bamboo and tried to to use the paper that it came with.
2: <laughs> I, love <that.
1: laughs> I love that. I love and, seeing that, that, that love almost... seeing that was our recreational days. We never even thought about it as medicinal at that point in time. Did you? No,
2: no, no, no. I, I didn't realize until uh, I got cancer. And then I, uh, you know, I, I got on opioids because, you know, it was serious uh, stuff, you know. And, and they had me hooked up to uh, a system where I would hit a button. You know, it was all intravenous and, and I, I just hit a button and, and that I was banging on that button like a drummer, you know, boom, boom, boom. But when I got off it, I had to get off it. I, I went to CBD injections. I injected CBD and then I uh, started not smoking like a junkie, smoking like I usually do. A couple of tokes, put it out, you know, that's the way I always did. But what it does, it calms the mind. And that that's the greatest thing about about uh, cannabis because you you know, people use meditation, they use religion, they use all sorts of uh, drugs to calm the mind. And that's what the alcoholics do, you know, that's why you get hooked on alcohol. That's why Hemingway was such an alcoholic because he had to get out of his own way in order to write his books. But mm. now you've got cannabis, but that well, put you into that state and you wake up in the morning. You don't have, you know, the hangover, you don't have anything. You, you, feel you know,
0: it makes great. me wonder, you say something like that. And like, I, I think if, if Hemingway smoked weed, how many more hooks yeah. would we
1: have? Can you imagine? Yeah. Put that rifle away and, and take a toke Yeah. Or take yeah. a shotgun for that matter. <laughs> yeah. Gary with the button. I love it. <laughs> oh, geez, Gary. So, Tommy. Sorry, Hemingway, know- Joker, Florida. You know, it's, <laughs> it's the way it works.
3: You talked about the, the 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 movies and how you helped you know normalize cannabis culture. I mean, my father and I watching your movies—that was one of the things that we bonded with uh, yeah. as an adult. And and I'll never forget one of my one of my greatest memories was also one Christmas sitting with my father, my grandmother, my cousins, and all of us you know sharing a toke and seeing you know three four generations of our family uh, together. And, and understanding that cannabis was something that, that brought us together. You know, those were some of the most best memories that I have and now that he's no longer with us, you know, I, I discovered the medicinal aspects when he got diagnosed with dementia and he lost the ability to talk, the ability to get out of his bed and to see him be able to talk again, to see him not in as much pain. Uh, that was just almost miraculous for me. And, Cause and he
2: smoked up, he smoked up and, and he regained his voice. Wow.
3: Yeah, it was it was the RSO. It was the high grade, just you know that that powerful cannabis oil that really helped, uh, you know, give him the ability to speak after he had lost it for so many years. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Of course, the downside so, is
1: Chris got arrested for bringing for picking up the stuff for him. That that's what brought me into normal
3: uh, and being a part of this movement. It was that I got arrested bringing his medicine home one day and was charged with a felony. Uh, Never committed a crime, you know. Was was top of my class, uh, you know, when I was in high school and and, you know went to the Air Force Academy, you know, after after high school and just you know it, it was a good college student, you know, for the best as I could be. And you know when I realized it could affect me, that's when I realized we had to do something and start this normal chapter because it affects so many other people.
2: Well that's that's always been the problem. Uh, you know when I was in prison, uh, the prison was really run by uh, the cannabis uh, offenders because they, they, they're not only uh, brilliant minds, but they're innocent minds. That's why mm. they got caught because they they, they, they they weren't doing anything criminal you know they were just living their lives and next thing you know they' they're in jail for Years and years because they they fought the case and and some of them had uh, uh, Firearms in their house at the time of their arrest and so they ended up with like 20 30 year sentences Which and a lot of them are still in there, but you know having done time I don't I don't feel uh, in fact. I know see what happens when 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 you get arrested and you're on the right path that past doesn't change in fact the past becomes easier because now you don't have any influences you know where you have to say make a living or, or you know live a, a normal life now you're like I was you know you're secluded and all you can do is work on your activism or, or your book or your or, you know uh, trying to dig us out of this cultural ignorant, mud hole that, that uh, the society has put us in there for for based on lies, you know? And and uh, that's what I found out in the prisons that I, the prison I was in, you know, it was the cannabis people, even the drug counselor, Griff was his name. He was a, a, an ex roadie. Uh, <laughs> and so he would have meetings uh, you know, anti-drug meetings. You know that was, desi- you know, designed by uh, the government. And but his his office became like the hangout <laughs> for us. <laughs> we weren't doing any drugs. You know, we could have. There, I got offered uh, pot almost every day I was there. But they were just trying to bust me, you know, for violating their 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 drug rules. Mm-hmm. And so what I did, I I just quit smoking pot for the entire my entire incarceration and my entire uh, when I was on uh, uh, probation. You know, wow. I, I just wouldn't give anybody the satisfaction of me testing dirty, because one of the great things about cannabis is that it's not addicting. And I quit uh, for three years. I had no problem other than I got cancer because all the time I was smoking, I was protected basically, you know. But as soon as I got off the weed and I got into the prison diet in that prison area where I was, the prison that I was in was called Taft. It was built over a toxic waste dump. That's where they first discovered oil. And when they discovered oil, they had no way of, putting it in, you know, cap in it, or put it in pipes. And so what they would do, they would dig a big lake and just have the oil filled up a lake, which it did. And then that that land became toxic. And so they built a prison there. And so yeah. practically everybody, including my friend Griff, who was the drug counselor, they've all died because of cancer. And, and, and that's what's going on in the prison. And you talk about Pandemic, we had a pandemic there called Valley Fever. And whenever the, this is how they combated the Valley Fever epidemic. Uh, When the wind blew a little hard, they made everybody come indoors, period. (laughs) That was it. Uh, You know, just get out of the, get out of the wind, you know, because the, the the, the, the wasting disease that it caused, there was no cure for it. And there are so many people that died in prison. I've I witnessed one guy, because once you start dying, they just leave you in your bunk. They don't bother with you. You know, there's no medical attention, nothing. And and when you die, you just get buried in a non-marked grave, you know, just, they don't care about you. They don't, you know, they don't, once in a I, while, if you're famous, they will, they will uh, notify the next of kin. But if I'm, you're just a, an ordinary guy, you're done.
0: I'm sorry. You're, you're like you're you're definitely like shocking me right now. I just want to clarify. Like you saw this when you were in
2: prison. Yeah, yeah, crazy. You and, would and most that, of, that most, somebody of guards, most of the guards, most of the guards, uh, most of the the counselors, Miss Strickland, beautiful uh-huh. young lady, died of brain cancer. Uh, they're they're all gone. In fact, I think a uh, TAF is closed down now. I haven't checked. But I, I heard that, that it was closed. It was, a, uh, it was actually a nice camp because it was it was originally built for women's prison, mm-hmm. so we had doors on the showers and we had we had our own water tank. We could take unlimited showers. Uh, you know, uh, you could be in there 40 minutes if you wanted to be, and which I've done a few times. Uh, and and it was it was a camp run by the inmates. You know, because the, the government, uh, you know, the people that work for the government, you know, the, they're just not, you know, just not qualified to to take care of people. So we, the prisoners, we took care of ourselves, basically, you know, and and what they, they did, it was a honor system. They had a little chalk line around the perimeter. And if, and if you wanted to escape, you could escape, uh, you know, and, and people did and and uh <laughs> there's so many good stories that that's I got such
0: out of it. that's like shocking like you you hear about somebody like yourself getting arrested and you're like oh man uh you know minimum security this guy's going to like a a, a beach resort of prisons and he's gonna have a good time and <laughs> but apparent apparently no like apparently nope. like you were fucking like some radioactive type shit.
2: like <laughs> yeah and, and, and they and they they, they failed to acknowledge it, you know, wow. d- d- to this day. And, and, and so when I was there, the reason I, I enjoyed my stay so much, I was like embedded with the troops, you know, I was in there for nine months and I'm not a criminal, see, and, and I had no criminal instincts or habits. And, and so when I went yeah. in there, I, I was the, the, I was an innocent. For, for for every uh real, uh, you know. real
0: quick because like I we were kind of discussing what led for you to go into in, into prison um like it was literally a joke you told
2: right well yeah no what what happened uh Bush was going uh all out on the Iraqi war <laughs> sound familiar uh, you know he needed a war and so it was uh, the Iraqi war. And so he come up with that uh, bogus claim of uh, weapons of mass destruction. And so when they busted me, uh, my lawyers immediately told me, don't say a word, they'll hold it against you. But I couldn't help it because when the press asked me, you know, and I told them, well, the only weapons of mass destruction they found were my bongs. <laughs> and uh and and it's going a laugh but uh, it yeah. also got me nine months in jail <laughs> oh by the way you know the reason i went to jail i i figured this out just recently chong my last name chong it's not an american name you know it's a chinese name and so that this is the way washington the people up there this is the way they deal you know if you if you're the least if you're not white and and caucasian you you're going to do some you're going to do time yeah yeah you know there and there's so- no doubt about it
1: and that goes back to the Chinese Exclusion Act of 1884, when they, when they first right. started messing with the Chinese, they were building our damn railroads. Well, and yeah. you know, also
3: the disparities between African-Americans, the Latino community, especially in federal sentencing, uh, and especially around cannabis. You see them throwing the book at at minorities, and, and you see these farmer uh, bros getting a free pass, even making billions of dollars in the cannabis industry now. Yeah, Yeah. that's not to
0: mention. I saw an article that came out like a couple of months ago saying that the Capitol rioters spent more time in prison than you did, or that you spent more time than the Capitol rioters. Than than
2: the rioters. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you see, look look, look at that Aubrey case, you know, where where the prosecutor wasn't going to charge (laughs) him, period. (laughs) They let him go. They let him walk with all the evidence of, you know, them shooting him on TV. I mean, it was so blatant. But that's the way that the mindset works with those people. You know, uh, when I was in there, I, I, the warden was so nice to me. I mean, it, it, he was a warden of the big. The, there's a. There, there were two prisons. There was a, like the maximum security, which, by the way, the 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 language spoken in the national secure in the national lockup was Spanish. <laughs> English was not used. It was all Spanish because the prison is full of uh, the border hoppers. You know, the illegals, full, full, and the reason. <laughs> listen to this. The reason it's so full was that a lot of them, not all, but a lot of them are there to get life-saving uh, medical procedures done. If, if you are in a federal prison, it's by law that they have to take care of your medical needs, whatever they are. Open heart surgery, done. Uh, anything like that, it's done. If, as long as you got federal time See, that's why Aubrey's the, the those people they were trying so hard to get federal time because they're locked up in a in a, in a you know a regular, what do you call it like a, not a federal the state prison and state prisons are are hellholes oh the worst of the worst federal prisons you can have a sweat lodge which we had you 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 have all these brights and especially the operation listen to this a Mexican never committed a crime in his life he had to commit a crime in order to get his open heart surgery it was a life or death situation with him and so i'm not sure what the crime he committed but it was bad enough to put him in in lockup in a federal prison and so so he and he got his open heart surgery and he he's doing very well that's see that's why you see a lot of those you know, those car chases where you see guys driving their car and cops chasing them, you know, the, 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 the prisoners call it like uh, th- that's their uh, vacation. They're going on vacation. And so they'll commit a crime like that in order so you, you will get prison time. Because when you get prison time here in America, Without you get stuff. clean clothes, oh, okay. food, you get showers, you get protection. You know, you're under lock and key, you're under the gun, and all you have to do is mind your own business because there's so many people in there, they can't single you out, you know, unless they single you out. Uh, but you know who, who does the worst time? Is the guards. That's <laughs> The true. prison guards, man. They have to yeah. wear uniforms, they have to walk around, you know? We were, I used to lay a suntan Still and I'd pretend yet. the guards were like a uh, bathroom, att- you know, uh, beach attendants. Yeah. <laughs> and I would say, oh, excuse me, could you give me a towel or some sunscreen? You know, uh, they wouldn't hear it, but it was, we, we had a lot of fun with them.
3: Well, I mean, what does that say about this country where, you know, people are literally committing crimes to get their health care taken care of? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's ludicrous. And and yeah. then, you know, uh, you talk about the guards. I used to work in a private youth prison and, 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 you know, in Florida, in Tampa, and just seeing how, you know, teenagers who are, you know, you're trying to get them on the right path, but then they're paying the people working in the jail nine bucks an hour. And it's like, yeah. how, where's the quality? You know, <laughs> it's just, uh, it's ludicrous to see how, how, you know, it gets worse the farther down you go. Federal prison seems to be, you know, uh, you have rights and then, you know, you get to the, to the, you know, state prisons, uh, we had a guest on last week. He served 32 years in prison from a 90 year sentence for cannabis smuggling. And yeah. you know, in a, in state prisons where there's no AC in Florida that's, that's just yeah. ludicrous.
2: Yeah, wow. well, they're they're, they're, they're uh, that's how slavery is still alive, you know. Because okay. I have a buddy, he's a golf caddy now for Harris English, uh, Eric Larson. Uh, now, Larson he fought his case because he was innocent he got, it was a cocaine case and he was a user and but they busted his dealer and and they gave her they, her uh, a deal. you give us a name and we'll you won't do the 20 years that, that you're looking at you know you'll do a, a couple and you'll be out. Well Larson he was one of the names that she gave him and he was just a user. He was not a dealer in any sense of the word so he fought the case and he won the first case but it broke him and then the feds refiled the charges you know you talk about double jeopardy they just refiled and called it something else it's the same thing and 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 so he had he had no money to fight it and he ended up getting 14 years for using now what he did and uh, we, we we should do a book about this because he, they put him because he was so intelligent that they put him in the in the prisons where they're making uh, missiles for the for the war and and so he was he was in like a bomb factory and that's what they do with prisons you you, you sit in there if you got a brain half a brain you work as a slave labor making mm-hmm. missiles for, for the, uh, for the armed forces.
1: Hmm. Speaking of Tampa jail, I had to bring this up because back in the, in the early seventies, you and Cheech came to prep to, uh, perform over here in Tampa and you got arrested <laughs> on obscenity charges, not, yeah. not for smoking cannabis or anything like that, but for obscenity charges. Tell us what was happened a, there.
2: It was a scam. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, what, what's the guy they showed his wiener? Uh, uh he, he died in France, you know uh oh Jim Morrison. Uh, uh, he, yeah. the doors, remember Jim Morrison?
1: Yeah, yeah. he yeah. used to piss well, on his guitar, right? That's
2: the guy. He, 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 I love that's showed, how you describe him,
0: like his guy that did this these great this great music. you're like, yeah, he showed his wiener. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Well he got he got uh you know he got arrested and uh and so what they did at the at the hall, we played the same hall. They put a five thousand uh, dollar performance bond. Now, if you get arrested by the cops or if you cause any trouble whatsoever, you forfeit that five thousand dollar bond. And so, Cheech and I did our act, no problem. Uh, you know, we never insulted or hurt anybody. Uh, but we did a bit called The Dogs, where Cheech and I walk around, we crawl around on all four, uh, uh, you know, our hands and knees okay. <clears throat> and sniff each other's butts. Well, that was okay, too. But what happened, they had the cops lining the, in front of the stage like we were going to be attacked or, or something. They they're looking for, you know, uh, uh, violence or something. But, and so Cheech went over to one of the cops. He had his back to Cheech, and Cheech... Picked up the cop's hat with his teeth, <laughs> like a dog would, <laughs> and, and then he peed on the cop. Well, the cop, uh, he, he did not like being part of the act, <laughs> and, so, and so they decided to arrest us uh, when we got off stage. And, and they were telling everybody, and they let us finish the show, <clears throat> you know. But huh. they said uh, they're going to they're arresting Cheech and Chong. You know, and so the cops were fighting over who was going to take him down, who was the biggest fan, you know, come on, yeah. there. I got all their records, man, let me drive him down. And so they took us down and we got booked into the, uh, the Tampa prison or jail. and and because we just finished doing a show we're still in that show business mode you know and so we're we're like clowning around you know we're doing jokes having our mug shots taken and and pull you know at, at the booking place where they booked us and took our valuables but teach teach whose dad is a cop and like see with me i i grew up with gang i got a white supremacy tattoo from well, before the Hells Angels. It was a biker. And so I, I you know, I was, been a, been in jail when I was 15 years old for overnight, you know, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, you know, so I was, you know, I was, uh, you know, I, I knew about jail. Cheech didn't. Cheech, Cheech was so, he was he was a riot because he was nervous, scared. He didn't, you know, he, he followed my lead, you know, so I'm making jokes, he's making jokes. But when we got to prison, he got very quiet. At first he was joking. At first he was, because he put us in the drunk tank, you know, with all the other people, you know. And, and this one Mexican said to Cheech, you know, in Spanish, what, you know, so what are you in here for? And Cheech said, didn't want to say, you know, obscenity, so he said, uh, <laughs> uh, drugs. <laughs> and, and, and the Chicano goes, oh, tell him a black guy sold it to you. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was our alibi. And so so chief, he was still in his comic mood, and he's, he's talking to this Jailer walked by and Cheech goes, oh, Jailer, uh, Jailer, could we have some pink toilet tissue, please? You know, acting very gay. <laughs> and the guy didn't look at Cheech, the cop, you know. And then about five minutes later, the same guy comes back and he says to Cheech, you, come with me. <laughs> I can just
3: see, I picture in my head, him just losing it. <laughs> Cheech, Cheech, change.
2: You know, right away, uh, you know, my, my, my dad's a cop. Yeah, L A P D. And Cheech, and the thing is we rode the elevator coming down and you could see dents in the elevator where people had his heads were smashed against the the, the walls of the elevator. And Cheech had to take that same elevator up. And what they they they, they, they wanted to separate us. <laughs> that's that's that was their, their plan. they weren't gonna hurt Cheech at all. You know, the guy you know, the jailers, he heard more than that, but Cheech had no idea. It was, I laughed. Oh, my God, I laughed hard because, you know, you're in a, in a drunk tank. It, it, it's an experience, you know. <laughs> there was one guy, uh, I think, oh, Cheech had to go to the bathroom too. That's true. <laughs> and there's no toilet paper and there was one roll of toilet paper and there was a drunk using it as a pillow. <laughs> and so. So, she "I need toilet paper," and I said, "Well, I don't. I don't want to wake the guy." <laughs> <laughs> and so, finally, I did. I pulled him to really, really very carefully pulled the. He was passed out. He couldn't feel anything anyway. But oh man, I mean. It was such a, it was a farce. It was funny. And then we got out and no problem. You know, the guy made us $5,000 and we we got out on bail. I I think they they fined us $100 or something. We never went to court anyway, you know, because there was nothing to go to court over. You know, it was just a, a scam, a Florida scam, by the way.
1: Well, if ever you will decide to come on down to Tampa again or Ybor City, we will get you a guaranteed apology from the mayor and, and from the sheriff of Hillsborough County. And my, my word is somebody else's bond, but I can probably get it done.
2: Oh, OK. <laughs> well, I, I would just go for them legalizing it uh, across the board and, and just having us uh, give us our medical and, 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 and get out of the way, you know. That is a fair
3: apology. You hear that, Chief Caster? You hear that, uh, Attorney General, uh, District Attorney Warren? Uh,
1: that sounds like a plan to me. Yeah, yeah. I hear they're watching. That—that's that, a possibility. How did you get from Bobby Allen and the Vancouver's to Teach and Chong? That's a, that, that, that is curious to me.
2: Was well, it Bobby Taylor? Bobby okay. Taylor. Uh, Bobby Taylor. A very yeah, white Bobby name. Taylor. Bobby Taylor. He was. He is, or was. He died in in uh, China, <laughs> actually. Uh, he uh, he was up there with Wilson Pickett and Sam Cooke as a vocalist. He was one of the most incredible vocalists that America has ever seen. And but he, he was also uh, like a, a, a small-time ghetto gangster kind of guy, you know. And there's a you know there Harlem is full of these people that had not been for their criminal activities, they would have been bigger than Marvin Gaye, you know. Uh, and, and that was Bobby. He was that kind of singer. And when we found him, we, our, our drummer quit. Uh, and, uh, and we were actually calling Bobby looking for a drummer. And Bobby said, hey, man, I can play drums. And so we said, well, <laughs> great, come on up. And so he came up initially as a as a drummer for the group, but then of course he, with his vo- vocal thing, he never had a chance to play drums a few times. But for the most part, you know, when you, when you get a singer like that, you know, stop the presses, everybody came to see him. And our club just incredible. We started looking for a bigger club because we were packing them in like crazy just to hear Bobby. And so when the Supremes heard Bobby, and the rest of us, of course, uh, they signed us right away, or they had Barry Gordy fly in and sign us. And then we went to, uh, Detroit and we recorded a, a record called does your mama know about me, which I wrote. And, and then they kind of, uh, you know, put us out there with the rest of them. And, uh, and we were like a one hit wonder. We never had a second one and, and, uh, hit. And so eventually uh, I got fired, uh, from, a. um, road manager. (laughs) We were backing up one of Barry Gore's girlfriends and I had to go get a green card and the guy had no idea what a green card was. So I had to miss a gig. And by missing the gig, I got the green card, but I had to miss a gig. And because I missed the gig, uh, I got fired. And then Barry Gordy called me up a couple of days after that and said, oh, you're not fired, been a mistake, blah, blah, blah. And I told Barry, I said, you know what? I think I'm going to stay fired. I told him I want to become a Barry Gordy. I don't want to work for one. And it was the right thing to say because Barry goes, okay, I'm he with you, it. dude. And he gave me a nice uh, severance pay. And he actually helped uh, help me become, uh, you know, the Cheech, uh, Cheech and Chong. So, so that's what happened there.
1: Yeah, I'm from Detroit, so I I can concur exactly about all that kind of stuff. I grew up hanging out in Greektown and all that bit. And, uh, oh, yeah. I, I understand you're doing quite a bit now for the city of Detroit and for Michigan.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. We got our, uh, our product in there. And, uh, yeah, it was funny. We were in, in Detroit when they passed the medical, and, and and the word never got to the airport. So <laughs> we're flying out of Detroit, and, of course, my, my son is my manager, you know, my son, I, I, everybody gave, you know, he gave me weed and, and they gave me a big sealer jar full of weed. My son kind of took it, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll take that. Puts it in his bag. Then we, <laughs> when we get to the airport, he's going through the x-ray machine. And of course the, the TSA guy gave, stop, looks at it, what's this? <laughs> and my son goes, oh, that's my dad's weed. <laughs> 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 and he's got cancer and he's 80 years old <laughs> and the guy says okay okay well we have to ask <laughs> the police when they sold they called the the cop down from uh, his office in the airport and and, and it was legal but for medical you know and so the cop just said, you know, fax him uh, my uh, legal uh, paper saying, you know, that I, my doctor's uh, uh, permission. And so we went to L.A. and got doctor's permission, ta- texted to him right away. But that, that was, I, I love my son. <laughs> when he, at first it was his, but when he was going to go to jail over, it's fine.
1: <laughs> yeah, Detroit's definitely changed. But I I, that time I was in the Greek town, it was pretty dank over there. Yeah, i was surprised
2: you probably never got to the head shop in Greek town did you during oh, yeah. the during during the 60s they had the Greek town was all hippie it was hippie land and mm-hmm. that's where you go you know get the the anything hippie including weed <laughs> yeah detroit was cool man
1: well, my favorite head shop was actually in hazel park we we called it the hazel talking at the time but it, it, it's the same thing and, How and about it, that?
2: Belle Isle, Belle Isle is what it's called. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever hang out there?
1: Absolutely, because there, there, there wasn't very many police around there. No, so no.
2: It was a great place.
1: We should yeah. sit by that giant fountain and just, uh, just enjoy the, the, the fresh air. Yeah. You had yeah. it
2: there. No, Detroit, man. And, and we're looking at this place. I got offered a, a house. When I was there, you know, and I'm Canadian, you know, and you offer anybody, any Canadian a house, he'll say, yeah, you don't give a shit where it is, you know, <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> but it was the Detroit house, and uh, and the 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 thing was, they needed someone to to keep it keep it and uh, pay taxes and you know the water and electricity and all that shit because Detroit. At that time. Well, it was during the riot, you know. The riot was Detroit was still smoldering when we when we got there. And uh oh yeah, it was all it was like a war zone. <laughs> it looked like uh, you know, Putin had just attacked it, you know, but it was uh it was crazy. But here we are. <laughs> we made it. Right.
0: So yeah. So, Tommy, we've talked a lot about uh, uh, a lot of old school stuff uh, recently, um, and you talked about getting cancer. Um, I want to talk about, um, you know, uh, your your whole plight into medical marijuana. Right. Um, I, I swear this is the first time I ever heard that you can stick RSO up your butt. It was like a news <laughs> news interview that you were doing. <laughs> Can you tell me your experience with cancer and using RSO to to cure yourself? Yeah, you don't have to stick anything up your butt right now.
2: But I don't, I, I don't have a butt to stick up. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm serious. They they shut off that exit. The doctors. And so oh, really? I got a I, I got a, a bag a col- colostomy bag because because. From the the cancer I got originally was prostate. Uh-huh. And and if, if you haven't had prostate and you do get it, do not get a biopsy. Uh-huh. Do not, you know, a biopsy is when they take a chunk of your flesh and they give it to the lab and the lab looks at things, and says, oh, you got cancer. Mm-hmm. Don't get a biopsy because when, in doing so, because the cancer cells are, are microscopic. And so they spread. When when you take a chunk of cancerous whatever, if it's not frozen immediately, you know it'll it will spread, and and that's what happened to me, and that's what happened to a lot of people that wow. got biopsies, and wow. uh, and and that's why I got bad. the The thing to do is listen to your doctor, of course, but when he says biopsy, you go, huh? no, thank you. Uh, you can tell. We, we've got all the computers and stuff to tell whether you have cancer. So what happened with me, I had prostate cancer, but but the doctor, one of the doctors said, you know, you know it's a slow acting and you probably die of something else first. You know, that cheery thing they give you, oh, you'll probably be dead before this cancer really acts up. So, uh, so you know, we're, we're not gonna do anything with it. That, that's originally what they told me. But then with the biopsy, I got, my rectum got it infected. And so I had rectal cancer. Now that's a whole different number. That's when they stick the finger, the proctologist sticks his finger up there and he feels mm-hmm. the, 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 the tumor. And he goes, yep, you got it. And, uh, and then, so then I went in for the operation and luckily <laughs> I went to two doctors, the first doctor, Wasn't the best choice, but a friend of mine, a plastic surgeon friend of mine, his office was above it. And so we wanted to find out right away if I had uh, rectal cancer. And so he sent me down there (laughs) and the guy, the the old fashioned, you know, finger up the butt. And uh, yes, I got, you got it. Then he started giving me the talk. The talk is, okay, if you got rectal cancer, Here's how we're going to get it out of you and they're going to cut it out and they're going to, You got to do this whole rigamarole thing. It's a horrible, horrible thing to do. In fact, most people say, forget it. I ain't going through it. Luckily, or, you know, the, the, the changes have been made. Uh, we found a doctor uh, that, uh, did the, operated with a computer. So there, there's no cutting open, there, you go in there with the computer and the camera and, and you go in there and they just do a surgical uh, cut, which they did with me. And he was the best doctor. I, the, the doctor that gave me the talk, uh, we said thank you, but no thank you. And we went to the specialist and uh, he, he cut it out and sewed it up and uh, I'm cancer free. Now, I do have a bag. I do have the philosophy bag. But being a comedian, I immediately named it to Trump. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. And I was going to put his face on the bags, but then it was too much publicity for Trump and, and too much for the laugh, you know. I, I did a few shows, but I never got called back to do any more. <laughs> but, but I, I kind of slipped that, that bit in there. Uh, on Canadian television one time. <laughs> I haven't been back since, by the way. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I got the bag. And once I got the bag, I had a, another friend who's, who is another friend uh, associate of his had the bag and he's still alive. Thing is, when, when you get that bypass, you know, the colostomy bag, it really does save lives. And there's mm. been people, kids grow up with uh, with the bag all their oh, yeah. life, and and you're you're totally fine. I think in some ways you're more protected, you know, because you really you got no choice to watch what you eat because you can see it right after, you know, if you want to, you know. It, yeah, see, so, yeah, I saw you on
1: that one video with two chains, and you were you were nibbling at those uh, at those wings. I don't know if they were just because they were too potent or too much fat.
2: No, they were too spicy. (laughs) I love wings, man, but I got to watch my diet. You know, we all do. We all do, you know, we got to watch the red meat diet. We got to, and, uh, as you get older, you know, you you just got to keep moving. You know, you're not necessarily lifting heavy weights, but you gotta, you gotta use your body. You know, we're we're like old cars. You you gotta take them up for a run once in a while. Other than that, the tires will act up. You know, everything will act up. And, and our body's the same thing. You know, just because we're older, you know, and and don't feel like doing things, uh, you know, that's one thing. But you gotta walk. You know, you gotta walk. I, luckily, I got this young, gorgeous wife, that um, as I get older, (laughs) I get more secluded, you know. If you're a comedian, like I am, you notice the change in people, like uh, uh, people will talk about you in front of you. <laughs> oh uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and sometimes it's it's you're you're the you're the the reason of an argument, you know. Well, you know, I've looked after him a long enough, you know. <laughs> <What the hell? laughs> <laughs> Do we have anybody
0: else we can get him? To- it's like it's not my turn; it's your turn.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I used to do a joke about depends, you know, uh, and say, "Hey, who's going to change Grandpa?" Depends.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: so, so, Tommy, let me let me ask you real quick: How long, like, do you know, like, how long you've been on the normal National Advisory Board?
2: Oh shit, no, I have no idea, man.
0: It's got to be uh, like back in the '70s, something
2: like that. Easy. Easy. Well, when they started, you know, actually (laughs) back when they started, because I was like, I I think I hold the record for the most, the guy on High Times Magazine. Mm. I've been in (laughs) High Times Magazine more than any, any living human uh, on earth. And, uh, and, and I've always been you know, connected to it. <laughs> like they said, you know, we don't want no Cheech and Chong thing. <laughs> I, I yeah, love we had Malcolm McKinnon on because...
1: a couple, couple weeks ago, and he, he told us about the story behind that uh, picture you took through your, uh, I guess it was through a fence.
2: Oh, <laughs> you... uh, the gate. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was his, uh, his, his, uh, yeah, that was Malcolm. I, 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 you know, he, he. I didn't want to talk about jail because I was still, you know, going to trial, or you know, there was still some hope that I might not go. <laughs> and but Malcolm kind of knew, and he says, "Well, you know, can it, this looks like jail bars, you know?" So I said, "Okay." So I did it. You know, I, I did a kind of a half assed thing, you know, but the, the, the true, you know, defense, like I never got upset or, or you know, nothing. You know, I, I, you know, I'm a big guy. I understood what the, what the other side, the cops and that are doing, you know, uh, you know, they're protecting their black market, you know, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of DEA guys, you know, that are out of no, no more second homes and no more yachts and no more boats. And, you know, all that stuff that that cash will will buy you, if you're if you're a crooked agent, you know. And yeah. and if you're not, then you're stupid, you know. Because, you know, here you go, you you bust some illegals, and you got a duffel bag full of hundred dollar bills. What are you gonna mm-hmm. do? <laughs> oh, yeah. we better turn this in. You turn <laughs> it in, and they're gonna steal it. <laughs> you know, who's ever looking after it? It's cash, you know. And so there's a lot of. Uh, you know that's what that was the downside of, of the drug laws because it turned a lot of you know decent people into thieves, and and, and, uh, and that's not good because life is a test, people. It's a test, and when you get the you know, a chance to go that way, if you're smart, you'll walk away. You know because it's a dead end. You know being a criminal, it's 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 not a good future you know, because you lose everything. And, and uh, so I, I've had empathy for a lot of the, 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 the boots on the ground, you know, those guys, you know, the DEA guys and that, especially if you see shows like uh, Ozark, you know, where they show that normally straight family getting sucked into the billion dollar drug business. Well, once we legalize it, you know, that's gone. That's yeah. gone and, and and once we legalize it and, and we do away with these draconian kind of tax laws and all that packaging bullshit you know that that is just putting unnecessary burdens on on farmers <laughs> because a pot a guy growing pot, he's a farmer. <laughs> that's, that's, that's let let that's me it. ask
0: you as like, we're we're seriously like we're talking to like the OG right now. So like, as like the OG of cannabis, we'll call you that for this, this question, right? Are you happy with where the movement's gone? Like you've been there, like from the beginning, you know, oh,
2: like totally. it's is... No, I'm very happy. I'm very, okay. very, very happy. Yeah, you have to make allowances, you know, mm-hmm. but come on. CNN. We owe everything to CNN and Dr. Uh, Sandra Gupta, you know, because he was the one that showed the little baby being cured oh, yeah. with epilepsy. You know, you yeah. can't argue that shit. I don't care. That changed are, a lot. You know. you know, it 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 just just say no to a baby that has epilepsy and and now that can hug his mother for the first time. You're gonna go, you're gonna put a law against that because you, the, the kid might end up a heroin addict. Come on. You know, it's just bullshit. You know, and and I'm I'm really happy that uh, uh, you know we're going down that route. But you 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 know what? That's what I come up with. It's art, art. You know, fine art, the paintings, the sculptures. The when you look at history, the only thing that that stands behind that that we leave is our art monuments you know the buildings the churches you know forget about what they were really what they were worshiping look at the architecture look at the art look at the 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 the, the strides they made with building uh, you know and, and and it was all because of uh, the cannabis cannabis opened the minds for people to do that. And that's why in India, they still have those uh, sex, you know, that all they do is smoke pot and, and see God, you know, their God, you know, and uh, we we have to look as a as a people, we have to look into the past and see how they uh, survive, because we've been surviving pandemics since the beginning of time, and we will have pandemics just like we have war. You see, these, what we're going through, they're lessons that we have to, on earth. This is why we're, this is why we have a a physical universe, is so we can learn, you know. Mm -hmm. Because in the spiritual world, there's no want, need, or desire. And by the way, I figured out the spiritual world is the opposite of the physical world. And so, in the physical world, there's no end. To it, I, I'm, I'm watching a show last night called The Black Hole, and apparently we got quite a few black holes in this universe, and they're bigger, and they they can't you can't explain them other than it looks like a drain in a sink, you know, where you pull the plug and everything goes down the drain. That's what it looks like the universe, how it how it how it recycles itself, but it the the spiritual world is the opposite of that, and so that when you got a physical world which has everything big, everything huge, huge, measuring in in how, how fast light can travel in a in a year. <laughs> That's our, our way of measuring things, and we still can't. There is no end to it. But so, with the opposite of everything, it's the spiritual world, which is nothing. Isn't that amazing? Like. There's nothing. There's no need, want, desire in the physical world. There's just love, and what love is is just being. It's knowledge, you see. In the phys- in the, in the physical world, we have opposites. You know, you can't have one without the other. You can't have up without down. You can't have right without wrong. That's why when when they do the the the, the polls and they find out, oh, but. 30% or 25 or 30% still believe the election was stolen. Well, yeah, th- those people will be there or that number will be there forever, because that's the balance of, of, of that's ignorance. You need that ignorance in order to have the uh, the answer, the, the the intelligence. You need dumb. If you don't have dumb, you don't have intelligence. There's no reason. See, and so, so that's what we're living in now. And, and, and weed, we're, we're, the way marijuana works, it makes you, it puts you in the moment. And now it doesn't matter what that moment is, but you're in the moment. You could be robbing a bank and you smoke a joint, and all of a sudden, boom, you get a better <laughs> idea how to do it. <laughs> you know? And sometimes you might think, this isn't wrong. I shouldn't be doing this shit. You know, <laughs> in, in <your> <laughs> but it, weed is a gift from God. And God, if you look at the, the prayer, the first thing, our father, our father, everybody's father, who art in heaven. It's not our father who art, who's on earth watching every move. No, our father who art in heaven. The next line hallowed be thy name. So it's the men- the name has power and so much power that if you honestly keep God on your mind at all times, he will perfect that which concerns you. Now think about that. Whatever you're doing, if your mind is on God, he will perfect that what you're doing. Now, the reason there are crimes and mistakes is that that's how you learn. I don't think anybody learns from success. You don't learn anything. All you learn is that you did it and they call it lucky. Oh yeah. Well, he's lucky, you know, uh, Elon Musk. Well, he was lucky. He discovered the the electric car, uh, or Marconi. He was lucky he discovered the light bulb or whatever. It's not luck, it's divine, it's divine. And we're meant to do that. And that's what humans are, we're workers. We're here to make our life better. And to show people that if you're gonna make it worse, this is what happens to you, <laughs> you know what I mean? So so you, you got a choice, you, know? you can go, and, and, and that's the great thing about the freedoms that we have. We have the freedom to do whatever we feel is necessary for us to learn. And if it makes mistakes, and we will make mistakes. we are You can be a saint one second and then the worst <laughs> guy on earth the next second. It depends on your choice.
1: It's a See, damn have, free will, isn't
2: it?
0: I, yeah, I got it. I got to tell you, Tommy, you, you you pointed out that without any smart, without any dumb, there's no smart. And I just want to point out, that's why these guys keep me around. And that's why Suncoast Normal is such a smart organization is because I'm so dumb. Just to let you know.
2: You, well, you crack the secret. No,
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. But there's always hope. There's always hope, you know. Like I, like I, teaching, I, teaching someone to swim, you know. They're going to swim, or they're going to die, you know. And and, and the the human body will figure it out, you know. Oh, okay, if I do this, you know, I'll keep my head above the water, you know. And 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 that and basically that's what life is all about. We have to learn to do this shit ourselves, and that's what we're doing.
0: Um, I just want to point out uh, uh, a member of our organization of Suncoast Normal, um, Jamie House, commented on the program and she's uh you know wanted to point out that cbd oil has cut uh her husband's blood sugar in half and she's a very important uh member of our organization you gotta understand jamie's been supporting us for a long time and she's she's a very sick woman as well so um i just wanted to point that out to you i know that you uh you've you've got your cbd company that you're you're promoting and you know i i just wanted to take a moment and uh let you let people know about your CBD, and you know.
2: Yeah, uh... I, I I love it. You know, uh, I, like when I get asked, "What do you want? What do you want? What do you want?" You know, what are you striving for? What do you? Want? What would you like to see? And I and, I, and I, I I'm being very honest with them. I really want to become the richest man in uh, on Earth. Mm-hmm. I I really do. I I I have a shot. And why not? Why not me? And, I think you a became... better
0: choice than some of these guys that are are currently up there. So
2: obviously, I mean, I mean, <laughs> they spend all that money to go to <laughs> they all that money to go into space. All they got to do is smoke a joint. Come on,
3: <laughs> Tommy would plant. Yeah. Pl- Tommy's planting trees instead of building spaceships.
2: I like that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. No, you can have your spaceship. But but you know it's just like this war that's going on. You know, it's old fashioned. What we're seeing now is very old fashioned, and it's like uh, you know it's like oh we're still doing this, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Only we're doing it in the daytime. We're doing the light, and there's there's really no reason for for Putin to to attack the Ukraine <laughs> and someone needs to tell Putin you know that long table bit you know ah, no, don't use that one you know, <laughs> <Make sure laughs> it, look too, <laughs> make it look too too crazy you
3: know you also can't you also can't pass a good rotation around with a big table like that you
2: know
1: no that's <laughs> what I'm saying if you have, to have a duty toss
2: it's like he's in prison and he's Hannibal Lecter, and no one wants to sit near the guy. You know, that, <laughs> uh, Let me ask you,
0: if you were the richest guy on earth, what would you do with all that money?
2: Make sure that the people got it. You, you got to give the, the, see, it's like playing Monopoly. You can't play Monopoly, the game, unless everybody has money. Now, once they get money, now it's fun taking it off them, you know, because they're stupid and you're smart, you know. But then once you de- take it all, then give it all back give it back to them. Keep the game going. It's, it's all about, you see, right now America is is falling down in so many ways. They're hoarding money. In fact, now we got a currency. We got the Bitcoin we got where you don't even need to take it out. You just look at it every once in a while. Look at, Oh, that's my, that's $500 million there. Ooh, you know, but it's not being used. You see and used money to a lot of people is, clothing, housing, uh, it's, it's living, it's food, you know, uh it, it's education. Education. This is what we gotta do. We gotta get everybody smart. If, if everybody is to get smart in there, we we can we won't eliminate wars uh totally, but there'll be long periods of peace, you know, where we can evolve. See the the reason we have wars and the reason we're human is, is for just that, so we can make, so we can discover stuff for ourselves and, and we can build. Because most, if, a lot of inventions were, were done during wartime, out of necessity, you know, it's just like this uh, pandemic, you know, and all of a sudden now, oh, shit, they got a, a thing that will cure HIV. Uh, and they got something, you know, and they're pretty soon, well, they, they got a, a guy walking with a spinal cord injury. You know, you know, we, we, we can, like for for a while there, people were so uh, afraid of AI, artificial intelligence. Oh, we, we don't want AI. We don't want people knowing what we're, you know, that's all oh, bullshit. Yes, you want AI, you want to be, you want AI to tell you what to do. And that's what, that's what it's been doing. Look at us, we're, we're talking on a phone. You know, a, a few years ago, that would never happen we can never meet the way we're meeting the way we're talking now it's just just a few just but it's all done and and that's why we have reasons to, to it's like getting dressed up you don't get dressed up unless you got somewhere to go you know and if you got nowhere to go then why bother You know, look at us sitting around, you know, I I, I got sweatpants on. I don't give a shit. I got the same t-shirt on I wore (laughs) yesterday, you know, and there's no reason to change, you know, but it gives me more time to do what I'm doing now, you know, to explore the mind and to explore how we can better ourselves, because that's the key. You better yourself. Like when you go to a gym, uh, when uh, you take yoga, they always tell you to stay on your towel, stay on your own towel and what they're saying is that just be concerned with yourself you see and this is what we need uh, with 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 uh, our our population though we have to each of us have to make be the best us we person that we can and that way every, in in every every which way you know like my wife the most thing i admire her is that she never stops learning she has always taken a art class, a dance class, some tango class she's taken everything and she looks incredible for 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 compared to other ladies her age other people her age in that
3: so she's and, the one that got you on dancing with the stars
2: she is <laughs> <laughs> yeah. she's. <the> one. <laughs> And I'm telling you, man, that was the hardest goddamn thing I've ever done in my life, man.
3: <laughs>
0: and I'm mainstream,
2: was all used, heck. used to moving like that. All the time. <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, Tommy, we were talking earlier before you came on about like how cannabis culture started out as a counterculture. And Now you're mainstream. I mean, you're in Disney movies. You know, you're doing cartoon yeah. voices. you're on Dancing with the Stars. I mean, did you think? you know, if you go, just, th- th- you know, thinking of a 30-year-old Tommy and, and you now, like, just thinking, you know, did you ever think that'd be, be
2: possible? <laughs> you know, I've never had that feeling that I was doing anything wrong. You know, I went, when I started smoking weed, uh, I found out that I, uh, it was good for me. It was really good for me. Now, is is illegal well don't forget I, I i i grew up half chinese and i just found out that that i uh, not too long ago that i got eight percent native in me and so uh, you know with the name chong and being being I, i'm a i'm mm-hmm. what you call the other so i've always been put in that category all my life uh from the teachers to the playmates and uh, i don't know i wrote in my book one time uh, being, uh, being, uh, you know, having people being prejudiced against you, it, it, it you don't really notice it that much when you're older, but you really notice it when you're a kid, you know, and and you get nailed for being, a, you know, having a, some kind of uh, deformity uh, or something like that, you know, you get put in that special. In fact, we had a a class in school called the special class, and it was for people that were a bit retarded or, or, you know, mental issues or, you know, something going on.
3: I was actually put in that special class for my first two weeks of public school. Cause they didn't realize I had test scores. So they discovered after two weeks of the special class, something's wrong with this kid. He's smart. So I went from special to gifted. I never got to go to regular classes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You never got to the regular. Yeah. Well, 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 that's, that's what, when, when I was a kid, when I was a kid, uh, it was a neighborhood thing. And and we lived in a neighborhood of wartime housing, you know. And, and we, if we wanted to, we could share the backyard. Would be everybody's lawn would make a park, you know. Except when we moved in, when my dad, who was in the Second World War, got a, his house, it wasn't one of was the first, but one of the last. Uh, as soon as we moved in, the neighbors put up fences, uh, you know, just to keep those brown kids out of their their yard. And then they had a party for this girl, young girl, and they explicitly uninvited me. They told me that you're not invited to this party because, uh, you know, the the father doesn't want you around his daughter, that kind of thing, you know. And I was 11 years old and I was, and I sat up in my room I could see the, the bonfire and the party going on. And I sat there and I, and I didn't feel s- sad as much as I felt, because I wasn't ever invited in that crowd to begin with, you know, but what I did, I contemplated the fact that these people, that's how small minded they are. They don't realize the gifts that I could have shared with them, you know, that I had that I, and and now, that I that I am, uh, you know, world-renowned, famous in that, you know, the same people would never admit that that, that happened. In fact, it would be the <coughs> other way. It would be, oh yeah, he went to school with my daughter, you know, but because I'm famous, you know, I get a pass or something, but I know the feeling. And then I was in Army Cadets in, in, in Canada, Calgary, and I found out just recently, you know, you don't realize people are prejudiced until you learn. You have to learn about that. And You say, "Oh, that's why you know people treated me different." No, yeah, I get it. You know, and and, and I, that's why my first wife was black, because <coughs> it was a black crowd, or, or yeah, that that took me in, the open arms, you know, because I could dance. That's where I learned how to dance, and the music. I learned the music. You know, the only thing I never did do when I was with the black uh, people was talk <laughs> because they, they were so quick <laughs> they were always you know telling the joke or the story or anything else I never said a word <laughs> I just listened and uh, and when I became a comedian that really shocked the Motown crowd Tommy <laughs> Tommy talking is that Tommy
1: <laughs> So now you guys know that not everybody in Canada is polite That 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 absolutely shocks me. And I I grew grew up hanging out on Young Street too, and they were always polite to me, at least. But uh, I guess I had to fit into the crowd at that point in time.
3: Yeah. Well, Tommy, I identify with your story, man. I mean, growing up half Cuban, I was always, you know, uh, but I didn't speak Spanish. So I was always, you know, too, too Cuban for the white kids and and, and didn't speak Spanish. So I couldn't hang out with Spanish kids. So a lot of my friends ended up being black as well, you know, yeah. because they were, as far as the pr- being oppressed, that's one group of people who, who you know, when they see that, they the, hey, come on and We know what it feels like.
2: Yeah. 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 I mean, to the point where... Uh... Life and death. Uh, I remember uh, when I was in the band. It was all black band except for me, and and uh, we stopped at uh you know, we we never had hotels back in the day. We slept in the car. We or we kept driving <laughs> to the gig, and then we'd maybe nap at the gig, but uh, we stopped at this one service station, and and the guy was in a argument with his long haired hippie, and and it I don't know. It just something that he said or. It, it, cracked me up and I started laughing and then the service station guy looked at me and said what what are you laughing at motherfucker (laughs) and you know being Canadian I I, right away I took a step back from the guy so he couldn't hit me by surprise and I was ready to lay into him if I had to but Freddie the drummer black drummer he grabbed my arm and he just took me outside and as he took me outside he whispered in my ear he says he's got a gun <laughs> <laughs> I said okay, <laughs> and so we got gas at the next station. We never got it there, but you know, uh, it, it's that it's, at, uh, it's a, just a way of life. There, there's nothing else you can describe it. You know, in in Canada, you know, you could see Canadians. It was it was, you, you settled things. You had fist fights. That's how you settle shit, you know. And that's how my brother, you know, that's what he got respect because uh, they called him a chinky chinky Chinaman, something like that. There, they would get through the first verse, okay, and the second verse, it would be interrupted with a, a fist in the mouth, you know. And mm-hmm. and the, and my brother, he he was one of the toughest guys, in in Calgary. In fact, he he, he kind of made, you know, the the wall of fame for tough guys, you know. My brother used to play industrial league hockey, and that was, and when we ever whenever they played the, the natives up in the Canmore, uh, if a fight broke out, the referees would go home. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's a hockey match. <laughs> yeah, because the natives would use the sticks as clubs, you know, and and the white guys would use whatever they had. You know, to fight. I mean, that's the way it was. Canada was full of like uh, guys with hockey m- mentality, you know, the tough, tough as nails. My brother was tough as nails. In fact, one time I was in the south of France and uh, and I was in a pool and, and there's a bunch of people in a hot tub and all of a sudden a friend of mine, you know, he, he came over, he's, there's a guy from Canada wants to meet you. And so I went over. And I met him and he says, he's a doctor from Deep Cove. This is where my brother lived. He said, your brother came to me one day, he had a his fist, he had soreness in his fist and he couldn't figure out what, what it was, why he had his fist was so sore. So they give him an x-ray and they find, found teeth fragments embedded in his knuckles. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And, and once they took the teeth fragments out, he, he was fine. <laughs> that's my, amazing my brother he was a guy one time I had a wart in the middle of my hand and, and you know we lived in the country so there's no doctors or nurses or anything when I went to school there's no school nurses nothing you got sick they sent your ass home and so my brother looks at the wart and he really grabbed it and bit it off <laughs> I got scars all over my body I got a scar here on my finger. I was lucky. He says, you put your finger there, I'll chop it off. (laughs) (laughs) It went down this way instead of this way. It went the length, length ways. I was lucky. And it was a Ukrainian woman uh, uh, that, uh, that fixed it because there's no doctors there. We're in Saskatchewan. And she put a a sort of a, a makeshift native thing, you know, with a The right herbs and stuff, and everything else. And there's hardly any scar. It was perfect. And I got a scar here where we're, when we see a movie with sword fighting, we come home and make swords out of uh, sticks. And I got a stab wound here where where my brother's.
0: Tommy, I need you to like at least, like at least humor me, at least give me an empty promise that if you're ever in the Tampa Bay area, right, we just need to get high together. Oh, like, no problem. <laughs> yeah, that'd be so cool because, like, I have to admit, I took an edible before the show started, and it's kicked in. Oh, <laughs> And getting high and talking to you is everything I thought it would be.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's a compliment, I guess Well, Tommy,
3: yeah, you are actually one of the few people on my bucket list I was like, okay, yeah, there's like five people I want to smoke with in my life, and it's like Afro Man, Snoop Dogg, Willie Nelson A President, and Tommy Chong So yeah, I I'm,
2: love
3: that I'm going to spark this one up, and we're, we're, uh, I'm going to put check this off my bucket list
1: <laughs> And I understand well, that John Leonard you. would not smoke with you at, that one, at one point in time, that's a shame That's something he really lost out on But I, I would take you up on that John Lennon
2: oh yeah yeah John said no uh, he's got a uh, uh, immigration problems. immigration problems. <laughs> yeah but it was true. so neat meeting him uh, at that what happened that that time with, with him it was very cool George was a, was the best so George you know he was a guitar player and, and such a what a cool guy oh my god and, and, you know, the, all the Beatles, they, they were humble because of the music. Music will make you humble, you know. And if you're really good, then you get more humble. <laughs> because you want to come on like a jerk, you know. Uh, but but all the Beatles, man, they were they were so cool. Uh, Paul's me. the only guy I haven't smoked with. And, and the word's <laughs> out, and Paul knows it. And Paul says, hey, I'm ready whenever you are. Whenever we get together, we're going to toke it up.
1: Absolutely. Tommy, you've got to come back on our show. We have so much more we want to ask you. Okay. Uh, I mean, my, my wife, uh, who, who lost her eyesight to glaucoma, she, she she always said she never got a chance to see Up and Smoke, but she saw Quest for Fire, and was that good enough? And I said, Not really. It's only in the family. But she said that. <laughs> no, Quest
2: uh, was incredible.
1: Yeah, it was incredible. It was, I, I love that movie. She, she did an absolutely wonderful job. But she said, "Look, if you could get him and and Mr. Marin to come over and and do a skit for me, so that I could just hear the whole thing, I would just love it." And I so I told her <laughs> I would ask at least, you know, can't oh, guarantee no, no it, problem. but I
2: would love to do it, love to do it. But you know, if you I to come I,
1: back and bring the guy from East LA, we're, we're good with that too.
2: Yeah, I had I had a lot of uh, blind friends, like uh, uh, what's his name, um, Jose blind Feliciano. Ho- Jose Feliciano. Oh yeah. Yeah, he. I had a, a after hours club in Vancouver where we the Vancouver's got discovered. Well, Jose would be booked into a, a folk club downtown, and he would do the gig, and then he would r- rush over to our club and play all night. He'd sit there and play all night, and so I, I got to know Jose uh, really well, really had, well. And
0: you had an yeah. act where you uh, you played a blind guy.
2: Why oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: yeah.
2: I got that bit from, uh, from my brother-in-law, the one that, uh, quit our band when, uh, uh Bobby Taylor took over, uh, Floyd, Floyd Snead. In fact, he's, he's in Bank, uh, LA now. He's got a little bit of a problem, you know, he's in a assistant living home now, but, uh, Floyd was one of the funniest guys I ever met. He was a younger brother of my first wife. And so I, 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 I've known Floyd since he was about, I guess, 11 years old, something like that. I watched him grow up. In fact, I gave him his first job as a drummer. Uh, and he ended up being the drummer for Three Dog Night. and He's he's world known all, all over the world. Well, he would, he would tell me about how his, his uncles would talk to each other on the phone. And they would go, oh, uh, yeah, oh, uh, yeah, oh, uh, yeah, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so so I did that with Blind Melon Children. You got the biggest laugh, oh, uh, yeah, blind, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I still laugh when I hear that. But, you know, uh, what do you call it, you know, the the woke cops or what do you, what do you call it, the... Cultural the, the PC people. police
3: yeah
2: well they they, they they saw me doing a, a blackface uh, blind man children in a movie called uh, Still Smoking. In fact, I think they took Still Smoking off the the thing you know where they're playing it because of that. Uh, but uh, I watched no, it I, on streaming a couple of weeks back. And- yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not. Uh, no, I, I I figured the blackface was was uh, wasn't an insult to people. It was a survival thing because black people were not allowed to do had to, the penalty of death. You know, that's why a lot of them got lynched. It wasn't because they did anything terribly wrong. No, it was just because they were black and they're, the white idiots were there to, you know, to look for an excuse to hurt them. And so the blackface, it allowed uh, uh, black people to, to to perform because you couldn't tell what, what people with the makeup on you couldn't tell if they were white or black and, if everybody so it was like a, a survival thing it sure wasn't an, an insult you know and like uh, you talked to Al Johnson when the first guy that mammy you know well everybody had a mammy Mammy's raised a lot of uh, families. My ex-wife's mother, uh, she lived to be 100. And and when she died, her white family that she raised just by being the housekeeper, they they were in attendance at her funeral because she was much a part of their family as their family, as their mom and dad. In fact, uh, there's a lot of... White Southerners that were raised by black ladies that that went on to become great greatness because of the of the uh, of the advice and, and 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 the wisdom that they got from their black ladies, you know, looking after them, their nannies and their their housekeepers and all that. Just like we're doing now in L.A. with the Spanish, you know, we have a Spanish housekeeper, and and she's definitely part of the family and and so we 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 you can't survive in, in in California without some kind of uh, Spanish Mexican connection because everything everything all the workers and the, everything is run by us, the Spanish or the Mexicans here or the Chicanos whatever they you call them so so that the, the yeah the blackface. Uh, in fact, I I would not right away, but I'm going to do a show about it and, and highlight the fact that the the performers that played blackface they were they were very brave and very groundbreaking, you know, just like the the, the black musicians that were uh, the the descendants from the French. The French were the only race. In, in, back in the day that treated their uh, their black offspring their half ch- children uh, human hum, humanely you know and then what they would the French would do they would send their their black children their mixed kids back to to France to learn how to read music and so on and and so there's a lot of educated uh, uh, musicians and it was against the law for them to know how to read. And so they would fake it, (laughs) they would would memorize huge uh, classical pieces. That's almost impossible to do without a a sheet of music. But they had to do it under threat of death, because if if they anybody found out that they could read, they were subject subjected to being uh, murdered, to being killed, because the last thing they want is an educated uh, slave uh, population. And so, so there's a lot of things going on, you know, uh, that that y- y- we miss it. We miss the 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 big picture because we're we're looking at, you know, uh, the most obvious, you know. But we're coming around, and, and I'll tell you the weed. And by the way, I believe it was the slaves that brought the 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 weed to America, you know why not they had it in their land forever you know and Mm -hmm. and why not you bring some seeds you know boom you got a thriving crop and then when they when the hemp thing uh, hit in in america that was more popular than it was the oil of the day to have hemp because you have rope and you have the canvas and all that that good stuff I recall uh, doing research for my uh, master's degree
3: and uh, was writing it on cannabis prohibition. And at one point, Thomas Jefferson had to uh, use hemp to buy weapons for the Continental Congress because they weren't going to take U.S. dollars because America was a new country. The money was worthless. So, like, you want these guns, you're going to have to give me 2,000 pounds of weed. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that
1: something? <laughs> It makes something? so much sense.
3: <laughs> yes, Thomas Jefferson sold 2,000 pounds of weed to buy guns for the Continental Army. But they're not going to teach you that, you know, because they're afraid of critical race theory, you know?
2: <laughs> well, you, you know what? We have to ignore those people. Uh, that's all you've got to do. You know, when you come across ignorance, uh, when you come across an ignorant people, this is teacher's thing. When you come across an idiot, change idiots. here's my
0: thing like cheech's thing changing idiots that that was my stance a little while ago now i'm tired man now it's there's a lot of idiots in this world
2: but we got to educate yeah. To the most part educate them or distract them Mm. it's easy to distract people you know that's what i'm saying you know what i'm talking about i i've got a plan do we have time yeah, Tommy, hey, we got as much time yeah. as you wanna to take, Tommy. Okay, I got, a, I'm, I'm, I got yeah. a plan. I got a plan how to, uh, uh, to deal with the homeless. And my plan is to hire them as movie extras, actors, whatever, whatever their, their talent is. Uh, but they're, they're, they, they would make, if they can do nothing else, they would make great movie extras because an extra, just you get told you stand here, wear this, do that. And it's very simple. Uh, so my plan is to, and I, and I had a talk by the way, with a, a, a lady that worked in the legal department at city hall. And, uh, she listened to my plan and she, she didn't knock it in any way. It, it, she gave me that sort of like, wow, that could work. Now, my plan is this for the homeless is to, because we have cameras everywhere. So we could designate any, any place in, 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 in the city as a movie set, a movie uh, permit. We're shooting a movie here. So the neighborhood now belongs to the movie company. Now, it's not gonna change anything without anybody's permission, you know, absolutely. Now, and what I wanna do with the homeless is, is search the homeless camp for the actors, for the, the, you know, for the creative people, for anybody that that has any ambition to to, to make more of their, their lives and what they're doing. And also to use their homeless encampment as a movie set. So when you're finished shooting their movie, the movie with them, because the movie is really gonna be about how we've rehabilitated these people on the street. We've given them uh, 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 more than uh, they need in order to, but we're also giving them a job with money, and, and and by the way, they're all going to be in unions. There's an extras union. There's an actors union. There's a, a you know, the camera union. There's all unions, and unions are, are great because they keep track of their members. You have to really be <laughs> alive and, and and so on in order to collect the checks and the and the goodies. And so we would have a a way of of. Uh, finding out who is on, on on this particular street and then finding ways to move them off the street into uh, decent uh, housing living areas and rehab centers because that's an, a big big thing that we need in America we need more uh, rehab uh, facilities but and that 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 that's another thing because i did a little talk with uh, a rehab cannabis rehab they're using it cannabis as a rehab tool they're using the 12-step program but they but they added a, net, a 13 which is do it all with cannabis <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, I and, it's, rehab. and it's working <laughs> it's working and and so i want to help uh, you know when 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 i when i do this uh, I, I'm going to uh, do this incognito, by the way. I'm not going to be uh, fronting any of this, but I'm, but, I, but I'm going to get it done. Because the, the whole thing is getting control of your city. You can do it more with the movie company than you can with any kind of policing or politicians or any kind of bullshit like that. Because the movie company is not there forever. They're just there long enough to do the movie. Then they move on. But what they do, they can leave the sets that they build behind. And that set, instead of being a set that they're going to tear down, and rebuild another one, these sets can be permanent. So we can have permanent, low-cost low housing. And not just, you know, something that looks like something out of a communist country, you know. But a, a, a village where it's designed by artists. Movie artists are the best in the world and so when you build a castle that castle stays when you build a a, whatever it is it stays you know and 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 it stays for the people and and that's you see the reason we have such a homeless population in california is because of the weather and so what we need is low rent easy to deal with campgrounds of course every campground has to have rules we have to have that we're a, a, a civilized that's what civilization means to be civilized means that you have certain rules you know you just can't shit in the street if you feel like you got to shit you got to go to a place where where that's taken care of you know and right now the homeless in LA they ignore all those rules you know i've i've seen people just I've seen a woman just lift up her skirt and squat and dropped a big log in the middle of the street and then kept on walking. Yeah, you know, po-
3: poverty is, is bad. Same I mean, same same I've same seen same it in New York. Same. I've seen it in Dominican Republic. Anywhere you go where there's major poverty this you know, it, it, um, I was in Dominican Republic with my, my wife's family uh, over the holidays. And, you know, her father, my father-in-law asked me, you know, uh, what do you think of our country? And I said, well, I think you need less police and more, more garbage men. And okay. and I, I look around here; and it feels like we need the same thing in a lot of in a lot of places. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Tommy, I love your idea of, of, of the homeless. Uh, I I work for a labor union outside of my advocacy with Normal, and bargaining for the common good is a new twenty first century labor practice where unions can go in and and bargain for commu- things to help the community because you know what we understand is uh, uh workers are a community, and yes. you know have you brought this to the Screen Actors Guild or the studios in a formal? proposal
2: no no not yet because okay.
3: i would love to see the next time they go to negotiate a sag contract that you know that's put into there that so many people have to be homeless and the set should be built and left behind you know for the community that is an amazing idea yeah and and, and i call on those unions to do that if, if yeah. that that makes absolute sense and it's really better than man it, I never thought in a million years get a chance to talk to you. You know, as a celebrity, but you you are the real squirrel master, man. You got some real insights, and you know, <laughs> oh,
2: no, no kidding, no kidding. See, here, here, the the, the the trick is money. That's why I want to become the wealthiest guy, because you know, you talk to unions, everything else. It's all about money. You know, then you need to pay. The unions to take care of themselves. You've got to pay everybody, and so that's what that's what I see a budget going instead of, you know, sending some billionaire to the to into space for six minutes. Use that money <laughs> to 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 spread around to pay. Yeah, I, I would love to pay people to be extras. You're being paid. You get a check every month or every. Two weeks or whatever, you get a, a an actual paycheck with deductions, and 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 those deductions are for union dues and for your health benefits, for schools, whatever the fuck it is, you know, and and and, and we do that, and, and that's why the first movies that I'm going to be doing is is going to be building these structures in that. I got another idea for for uh, low rent. Housing because a lot of I, I noticed I've been doing my homework and, and a lot of the homeless are 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 what they are They're, they're like campers and they're like exhibitionist. They're campers that like to be seen You know, and and and, they, and so they're perfect movie fodder, you know, they want to be seen anyway They want to be photographed. They want to be noticed, you know, and that's a human trait you know that, that we all we all want to do it and that's why people act up bad that's why your kid will act bad because for attention see and that's why donald trump that explains donald trump you know he did he never had it when he was a kid and so he's taking it when he's an adult you know and and and, and it's so understandable but what we have to do we have the wherewithal to do it that's what i'm saying about the movie company. And, and with the only difference, I, what I'm going to do, and I have, I'm telling you guys because you're interested in this. See, once I take it to the money people, uh, they're going to, uh, first of all, I, I'll, what, I'm, what I'm going to do is get a budget. See, that's the first thing you need in any movie is a budget. That's the most thing. The idea of what it's going to be, forget that the budget, when they shot Cleopatra or the Ten Commandments in in Egypt, they hired the Egyptian army to be extras. That's how powerful a movie company can do what they can do. Elizabeth Taylor, by the way, she got a big ass diamond. That was her page. You know, she didn't want money. She wanted a big ass diamond And, and because she's had so much money at that time. Anyway. So what we do with with movies, instead of striking the set and forgetting about them, or like in Universal, you go back there, there's a sets are rotting, they're they're, they're not being used because they're 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 just fronts, you see. But what we we can do with the right look look at we can do with with the right architect, with the right like Frank Gehry, for instance. He's a very good friend of mine, and I asked him about the homeless situation and he told me he says we've always had homeless you know in in the middle east they call them bedouins (laughs) (laughs) they're called gypsies in in france they're called different things around the country and what france does to help their homeless the gypsies they pay them to leave they do they you're allowed to be in the south of france for the summer but after the summer is over we pay you to leave. And so the they they have this circuit where they travel around and they get paid to leave. And they get in other words, they are traveling with their horse and buggy or their their trailers or whatever they are. And when they come into a neighborhood, yeah, there's some theft going on, but uh gives cops works and and there's some uh but there's more like small goods, you know, they'll make Repair pots and pans, and they they do all sorts of uh, clean up neighborhood stuff. And like I I, I knew gypsies in, in, in when I was in prison. So so what what we what we do with the movie? See, we got control now. We got uh, uh, something that's not going to go on forever. It's going to stop. And that's what people with their lives. You know, you can't live on the street forever, dude. You know, okay. For a little while, fine, but not forever, because you got to join the rest of the humanity, you know, in one way or another. If you're a traveler, then keep traveling. But if you're going to stay around, then make your roots and and, and obey our laws that that we have. And uh, we, we do that. See, that's my job. That was that was because I, I you know I'm very close to 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 God. You know, I'm very close to God. I know there's a God. I just look at my wife, and and I and I realize not only there's a God, but He likes me. <laughs> he, really, <laughs> he, he really likes me.
3: Tommy, I, I, there are a lot of people out in the world that love you. Um, you know, as a comedian. You you told hard truths, and you know for yeah. some people, you mentioned the PC police. They might take an excerpt out of this and not understand the entire context. But you're someone who you know people look at it. And they try to put it into a category of counterculture, but they don't realize you like you just said you grew up uh, with prejudice facing you and having a, an immigrant father. You raised a, a, a black daughter during the civil rights era. You know, you toured with Motown where Jackson 5 was your opening act. You've seen so much of history and been a part of it. And so people got to take that and understand that a lot of the commentary that, that you have is is so insightful. And, uh, I mean, you, you were just talking about affordable housing and, and, and people settling down roots, wanting to be part of things. I mean... That's the biggest thing facing our generation now is you got all these big corporations buying up the houses. There's no place for young families to settle down. Uh, you know, the taxes are bopping you over the head if you're not if you don't have kids. So it's it's even harder to be in the middle class because they're they're trying to tax you out of it. I mean, they're taxing the bud at of price for most people. I mean, most people can't afford to spend seventy dollars on the eighth for their medicine here in Florida. And that's why so many people still don't have medical cards. They're still operating in the black market, they're still getting arrested and is still contributing to this police state, you know, where uh, only certain people who can afford it can have legal weed, and everybody else still goes to jail.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know what? I I got I got some grow tents. They're Tommy Chong grow tents, and I I got to get them out uh, in in the light more. You know, and and I got them growing in my my sons. We got five uh, five uh, indica babies. You know, they're about yay high and in uh, the grow tent, you know, I'm looking at the grow tent and I said, you know what, we, th- these could, you know, all you need is electricity and, and, uh, and a nice environment, you know, so it doesn't get blown away. Uh, but yeah, th- we're, we're, go- we're going to solve, I, you know, I used to say that when they legalize weed, your grandmother will grow more weed than you'll ever use in your lifetime. And- like that's- almost happening. That is almost happening because you, you take the people that have been growing forever. They they don't, they don't talk about it, you know, but, but they've always got the best bud wherever you go, you know,
1: (laughs) well, we're hoping you bring MKX to to Florida because we could sure use a better brand than what we got right now. No offense to the NMTCs out there right now, but uh, you know, boof, I'm just saying.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's, yeah, that's... you. Know, what I want to bring, what I want to bring, is is the love. The, what I found out <laughs> is the weed really, really separates. You know, you know how we used to clean the weed. We had the stems and seeds. You know, that was why they do invented double elbows. Yeah, yeah. You just yeah, you just shoved them aside and you. You, you, the thing is about the weed, it's like a pig. Every bit of the weed can be used good. Yeah. You, you see what happened in, in Seattle like, for a while? They were using uh, the, the the stems and seeds and that as pig feed feed. And then the FDA shut them down because they did, they thought that the pigs were getting high off the, the, uh, the stalks of the, the weed. <laughs> The CBD, it just shows you how dumb these people are. Uh,
3: Tommy, you you mentioned that that actually was a case here in Florida. Um, A a friend of ours in our chapter, uh, he was uh, beating back uh, stage four cancer and he was juicing the entire plant. He was taking it raw. And, it beat his, and he beat his cancer with it. Yeah. And and he sued the state because the Constitution's uh, amendment says we should have access to the entire plant, but the legislators wrote it to where only the MMTCs can touch the plant. So they don't even sell us plants. We don't have a right to grow. So he has to break the law still, even as a legal patient, to, to keep himself healthy. And That's, yeah. that's yeah. the ludicrous part. of That's why we're still fighting, because oh, the war's yeah. not over yet.
2: <laughs> oh, no. No, no. No, no. Death, death will uh, end a lot of people's ignorance you know and that's it that's it so what we have to do is just do what we're doing you know i i found with with me is is lead by example and and that's all we can do you're going to get the dummy hey i i (laughs) i hang out with some of the richest trumpies on the land and (laughs) even though all this the insurrection everything else they still they still are, you know, they, wow, well, you know, he's better than that Biden guy. You know, they're just still brain dead. And so, what we got to do is just be happy. Nothing pisses people off more than a bunch of uh, long haired guys laughing their ass off at something. <laughs> you know? This is true. <laughs> I mean, that's what we got to do. That there used to be a thing called uh, "living well is the best revenge." I remember Lou Adler had it on his uh, Roxy uh, car on the on the matches. "Living well is the best revenge," and I thought, that's kind of stupid. <laughs> living well, how is that revenge? Revenge is something God said only He can do it. You know, uh, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Uh, so living well is the best way to be, period. You know, should all be living well, you know, and helping others live well. That's, that's what we got to do because the more you help others, the more, well, look at me, had I not said to Bobby Taylor, well, why don't you play drum? Well, then come on up. You're hired. You know, if I had to sit, Oh no, we need a drummer, you know, but I, I'm loose. I'm ready to to embrace everything and everybody. You got an idea? Come on, I want to hear it. You never know. You never know.
1: Yeah, my idea right now is consumption lounges. We got to have them all over the country right now. Get rid of the bars. I mean, if you if you put a consumption lounge in an airport, I don't think you'll have as many unruly passengers. What do you think?
2: Well, for sure. For sure, but we 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 already have we have the, the, the what do you call it? The, the vape pen? We can vape. We can uh, we can do. Uh, you see, we can't go back. We, you can't go back. You can't say okay, uh, let's open a, a movie uh, theater. And this time we'll have uh, uh, you know what do you call seating? You know uh, uh, what do you call it? the distant seating or whatever? No. No, the movie, the movie, figured it out. The movie theater, it's done. They're, they're gonna shrink, there's gonna be a few nostalgic kind of movie theaters, because everybody in their house has got a, a TV room. They got, and if you don't have one, you got a friend that has one. Yeah, the uh, only movies
3: two- I like to go to are the ones that have like those big couches and they serve you food and steak. Like <laughs> I were, because I either I could do this at home or I could go out and do it, but but that's I'm never true. going back to those
2: narrow seats that you can barely that, fit. That's, in. <laughs> that's yeah. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. We're never going to go back. We're always going to go forward, yeah. and that's what that's what going forward is. I no, I I, I see that's what I, that's what I see the the young people you got to listen to them no one ever does hardly ever does you know because one of the things when you get older you think well, you know those youngsters they don't know what the hell they're doing you want to have fun watch Elvis's there's a documentary on early Elvis Presley I'm watching that and Elvis used to tour he had a car no he never toured his car toured for him and he had this special car made in the 60s wow. and guess what? It had a its own telephone, big-ass phone. It had uh, no TV screen, but it had all these so-called state-of-the-art stuff, big-ass Lincoln, gas guzzler, probably got about 12 miles to the gallon, if that, and, and that's what went on tour. Alvis was... Uh, not only of the times, but he was, he was, yeah. Elvis was a cool guy because he, he and he saw, he was, he, toward the end of his life, he was, uh, he got into metaphysics. He got into a, a Joel Goldsmith, which is a very, uh, that's what changed my life, that, the, the the book itself. If you get a chance, check him out. Joel S. Goldsmith he's online. He's a book. He tells you all about where we're living now. And he's a Jew, or he was a-
1: Oh, we lost the sound.
2: Oh.
1: Hey, Tommy,
3: you're, uh, you went on mute, or your, your, your sounds not coming in.
0: Oh, yeah, you we can't, can't
3: hear you. Tommy, I think we lost yeah. your audio, brother. It
0: actually looks like his internet's bad. Oh,
3: okay. See, even in the modern bet, era, I, the internet goes in and out. Good too. Yeah. Tommy's in the zone right now.
0: Tommy, we're going to try to read your lips. I don't think you hear us
3: either. Can you send him a, a message? Let me send him a chat. Let's see if the chat pops up for him. Uh-uh. probably not. He's on his iPhone. He's so he won't see. He's it. still going. Look at he's him go. in his zone, man. We're missing <laughs> yeah. this is gold right here. Oh man. The American people should hear this. Everybody should hear this. This is a message for the world. That this is the powers that be.
0: Oh man. I don't know. Like I kind uh, of want to see
3: like how long he can go. Yeah, hey, Michael. shoot him. no, shoot a shoot a text uh, uh, to to his uh to his manager. Oh. <laughs> Let him know the sound went out. It looks like he's saying something really funny right now, too. Oh, man, you're killing me, Smalls. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. The sound went out, Tommy. Uh, so we can, we, uh, we lost you on your sound. am not sure if a chord came under. there. I we he's waving goodbye. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Yeah, you're back. Hey, we lost you on the sound there. I was like, oh, no. But when you're back. In the
2: yeah, man, I, I, I have to go. That's, that was my cue.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Tommy, we love you, man. Thank you so much for uh, being a part of the show. And, and just thank you for your commentary. I mean, you're a wealth of knowledge. And uh, I just wish we had more time together.
2: Well, let's do it again. Whenever you feel like it, I'm 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 available.
3: Awesome. Sounds awesome, awesome man. Thank Fantastic. you so much okay. for doing
2: this. Okay, thanks, guys. All
3: right. Well, before we end the broadcast, Carlos, go ahead and show them how they can get involved in Suncoast Normal and then our mission to legalize it.
1: All right. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> now he's gone. His, his manager said, he's running a little over. <laughs> hey it's Tommy Chong he can have business, as much time yeah, as he yeah.
3: wants
0: you, you keep, it going. You keep yeah. it going yeah and I think like we should just take a moment since it's long like we yes. should chill while we're doing this portion <sighs> still you yes. know and and yeah like I mean it, we we solved the homelessness issue yeah. we solved a
3: lot of different things there. Hey, with, Carlos, like, I, I have to ask like, you. I have to ask you, Carlos. As an atheist, did Tommy make you a believer today? I mean, I'm still not a believer.
0: <laughs>
3: because he was going hard, man. He was he,
0: going hard. He,
1: he, said, he said some awesome stuff. That he, didn't have to yeah. See, I, you don't have to believe in God. You have to have him believe in you. That's what I always say. I, you know, <laughs> whatever, Gary. Because If he doesn't believe in you, you don't exist anymore.
0: You know. I'll just you know, doesn't that, that make sense? Keep not wasting my time. <laughs> Anyways, ah, right. uh, we had to end the show like this.
3: You don't have to go to you don't have to go to church. You know, you yeah. know. But but if you feel there's no prayer, it's a waste of time. That's understandable. Everybody has a lot no of waste. things that, yeah.
0: that Tommy pointed out, and I think one thing that I'm gonna take away um, uh-huh. from what he said was that you got to be happy. Being yes. happy is going to be the best way to stick it to the 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 people that are pissed at you, you know? The haters. If you're, yeah, if the, you're the one that's upset, then 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 they're the one that's happy. So Yeah, you know. if you
1: smile at a Nazi, he will beat you up. Yeah. But that's okay because you know you've made him mad. Yeah. So
0: <laughs> so on that note, Absolutely. How can you get involved with Suncoast Normal, Gary?
1: Well, you could go to suncoastnormal.org and go ahead and put down 25 bucks and be a member of this fantastic organization that, br- that has brought in, like, for instance, Tommy Chong here to speak mm-hmm. to us today, but we're also working That's on legislation. It. We are, we still got legislation working in Tallahassee as we speak. Now we're on the floor, we may be getting some formal <laughs> amendments that will get through the, some of those things that they could not put on a damn committee, and we are still fighting for you every single day, and it's not going to end, and we want you with us.
0: I was going to show off from the other guests that you got on the show. Go ahead. Nikki Free. Yep. Uh, Bru- uh, Bruce and Malcolm and all those people. Right. Anyways, you get this pin. <laughs>
1: yeah, you get this pin. Add a, <laughs> a membership card. And <laughs> of, of course, it's like a maple leaf, but it's yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. And Carlos,
3: you're, you're, you're uh 25% discount for our members at Chillum. Yes. Yes. Over at Chillum
0: Glass Gallery and CBD Dispensary in Ybor City. That's right. And uh, you can uh, download uh, the audio for this show on Pandora, SoundCloud, Spotify, Amazon Music, and iTunes. Or you can always watch us live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter, and on our website, suncoastnormal.org.
1: Para la mejor de mota yes. va a la chile. <laughs>
0: I'm not even going to translate it Like Gary. that's
3: why I said it I,
0: I honestly I'm not going to translate it because I didn't understand it
3: Gary said for the best weed come down to cello in spanish and that's, on
0: that's that cr- note
3: we're going no, to to end the no, show no we're not going to end the show on that note no we are not absolutely <laughs> we're not in the tommy Chong show on gary telling you to come to Chill for the best weed in spanish okay. i refuse to let history be worth as such carlos all right
1: <laughs> on, we haven't had a lot of for a while so i think yeah. i had to stick that in yeah, uh, then, no okay. i i just
3: think um you know uh you know, again, this was a great show. Uh, just to see Tommy on and, and gain his insights. Uh, you know, the man's lived. Uh, like I said, he, he's seen. You know, the the whole back half of the 20th century. You know, uh, he's seen. You know, so much into this one. He's lived a lived a. You know, a, a really uh, interesting life. And uh, just to uh, like, you know, there's a saying in Africa that when an old person passes away, it's like a library burning down. And I think that you know it's it's important for uh, the community uh, to really take the time and talk to your elders and you know people like Tommy uh, who have been around so much, but also people like your own grandmother, uh, your your own grandfather. Uh, you know, I I lost my grandmother in uh, you know in in, in uh, early uh, 2020, and it's just uh, it was tough. To to you know realize that you can't go back and uh, and always talk to people and get that history and get that firsthand knowledge you know Carl, uh, Carlos we were talking the other day about uh you know your own pops experience in Cuba and you know like like that is a he's he's a wealth of knowledge And uh, you know me not having my dad anymore man uh, even when he lost the ability to talk you know I was having to treat him get him RSO get him his meds like that that in itself there are so many things like a, 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 you're blessed man. Like, you know, whether whether you want to believe in a higher power or not, the, like Tommy said, if there is a God, he does like you. You have both your parents. They and they, they are a wealth of knowledge and experience. And, and uh, I just, you know, I, I know they're proud of everything that you're doing. Oh, and like right
0: now.
3: Uh, yeah. And, and, and I hope, you know, whether or not there, there is an afterlife uh, I w- is a good thought to think my dad would be watching, too, uh, because Tommy's comedy is something that, as an adult, I found something in common with my dad. And we had some of our best laughs uh, sitting there on the couch, you know, watching Up in Smoke, watching Still Smoking, watching Nice Dreams. And... Uh, you know i think that's uh that's something that we we don't appreciate enough in life is the good times with people and the little things and tommy put that in perspective today you know like here's a dude who, he didn't have to do what he did and be a part of this he uh but he did he gave that joy to us you know uh and, and you know even from a human point of view i mean he's like he's he shared he's got his own health issues he didn't have to to give us you know an hour and a half two hours of his time today so really do am thankful for that and uh and thankful for you know uh what he's contributed to our culture. So, uh, and I think that's important for us as an organization is that we keep our cannabis culture alive, uh, that we keep it vibrant and uh, that we also make sure that as this industry develops, that we also keep it honest, uh, you know, for people and for patients. And for that reason, uh, we're going to be putting on a Tampa Bay Cannabis Business Expo Saturday, April 23rd and this expo is not just about showcasing uh mmtcs or having doctors clinics you know be able to grant your recommendation we really want to show the diversity in the cannabis industry uh, among uh, organizations among business models how you can be a part of this industry and we also invite the sponsors and those vendors to come out uh if you're you know we also want to have a job fair Uh, so that way, if you're looking to get into the industry, uh, you know, come ready, uh, to, to interview, uh, we're offering, you know, for any of our sponsors the uh, interview space, we really want to bring the community together, uh, uh, show patients, uh, you know, how they can also, uh, continue to, to find their voice in this movement, uh, among the different advocacy organizations. We're going to have veterans organizations out there. Uh, and, you know, as I said, numerous, uh, small businesses as well, uh, in the industry that'll be out there, uh, at the expo, uh, showcases. You know, Carlos Chillum is actually uh, signed on to be a, a a sponsor of the expo. So I know y'all y'all have a you know opportunity to be out there and tell you. You know, are you still hiring over there? I, I know last I saw you, you had an ad on the uh, on the internet. We're, we're going to hire um, uh, in about like
0: a month. We're going to start looking for people. Exactly. So, so is, at the expo, uh, this is a pretty good opportunity to hire somebody at Chillum. Yes, at the expo. So bring your um, resume. Come prepared. I know be- we're going to have our assistant manager out there, so we can get some interviews going.
1: And uh, just so you know, one of the uh, bills that I wrote, uh, it was just filed as an amendment by Senator Brandis uh, to go on the D- Department of Health bill uh, in regards to retention of licenses. You, so you, uh, okay, we, we are that's still moving forward.
3: Well, you know, I think that's important I, uh, as
0: cannabis legislation. Right Sometimes I don't understand the political talk and. I screw it up and I dance. Well,
3: Carlos, one of <laughs> well, the that was things, a good thing, right? Yeah, well, well, one of the things that Gary's touching on right now with this uh, amendment to this bill is that in Florida, um, we've had so many MMTCs come along that have only existed on paper. They've never once put plants in the ground. Uh, oftentimes, pieces of paper for an MMTC license in Florida have flipped for uh, several million to $50 million to, you know, in many cases. And there's new deals coming all the time uh, uh, that are in the pipeline here. And this, it is important that if you have a license, an MMT license, Florida, that you do your purpose in providing medicine to sick patients. If you don't get plants in the ground after a certain period of time, you should lose that license. It is, it is ludicrous to think that there, how many are still out there, Gary, four, Five that, that are, five that are that are that are not growing plants right on, now on a and even more because there's
1: not, now we have this thing where they're uh emerging different companies and spitting out the license and so you have one another person who yet has gone from a, a, a full-scaled uh, operation down to nothing and not producing anything yet
3: so, so rather than providing medicine we have mmtcs that are just making stock moves and making billions but not doing
1: anything for the patients yeah, that's right. Yeah, and wow. I still
0: can't grow anything. Yeah, and, uh, and we still can't grow. And I still can't grow anything. <laughs>
1: that is ludicrous. And
0: I and I'm still over here uh, selling pipes and hemp. And I'm
1: we don't have wheat. a free market here. Yeah, well,
3: I, that's well, Doctor Block said. That like the reason Delta Eight, Delta Ten, Delta uh, uh, P, what all these different designer cannabinoids from the hemp plant are, are becoming popular is because there's prohibition because there's no access I, people I, don't have the right to I, grow good stuff
0: i can tell you from a social aspect from a shop owner right we're all people that just want to own dispensary seriously like those uh, all the shows meeting each other we're all people who just want to open up uh you know we open up these shops because we want to own dispensaries
3: yeah and you're doing it the right way i mean you yeah. you're right there in ebor city you're you're a valued member of that business community i mean you've you've done so much here for for suncoast normal you know and our our work for the patients nonprofits, you've hosted other advocacy organizations there veterans organizations so i mean you're showing how it should be done and you are not the type of person that's getting the license mm-hmm. you know, why is that carlos it just makes me angry well but, but tell it. tell the viewers tell the viewers why you
0: you, you can't get a license in florida because i don't have the money ah and and, and 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 i don't honestly it's 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 two things it's i don't have the money and i don't have the political in. Yeah.
3: So you I, gotta own no, politics. There,
0: there are plenty of people that have applied for this license and had the money to, to do it and just did not have the, 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 the right in politically and just have not received
1: the license. And I Senator Representative Learned just uh, posted two amendments to the House version of DOH, one of which is to make certain that, that nobody under 21 uh, buys hemp products, but the other one ah. <clears throat> is uh, it's okay and the other other one is is telehealth yeah yeah, nobody can go in here
3: to buy tobacco products you
0: know right that's 21 where like somebody was in here like that like I checked an ID the other day and I was like so you can buy like CBD you know like he was just like between 18 and 21 Uh, I was like you can buy CBD or you can get out like what do you want
3: (laughs) There's nothing got, else that you I'm can I'm so sorry.
0: I'm so sorry. Like, you know, <laughs> it's like, yeah, like this is just dumb. So, but yeah, it's okay.
3: Well, Gary, what's the second amendment there?
1: Don't leave us with bad news. No, no, the second one was was telehealth. Telehealth. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Now so, he's actually just filed three more. Is telehealth is
3: in the regards to so you get your renewal via telehealth, you don't have to go in?
1: Yeah, and uh, he also just uh, filed a bill... That that gets rid of deadbeat licenses that, that don't produce.
3: Okay, so that's been filed in both chambers, so that that's probably going to move. Okay. okay, absolutely. And they get back to here. Is um, there any patient-centric legislation like uh, not being kicked off the organ transplant list or uh, expanding qualifying conditions that that these guys can sponsor? That you know? Did he say telehealth? Uh,
0: the next telehealth? the next
1: one it, uh, makes no? it so you only have to uh, pay that's for fine. your your card every two years. And it Uh extends the amount of time in between times you have to go ahead and actually see the doctor. So that'll reduce the actually cost of having a medical card by about 60%. Yeah, how about
3: we not have veterans have to pay for their cards and not have to have people on disability have to pay for their cards? Uh, Why are the politicians not passing good legislation like that? I mean, like, did we literally just waste three months up in the state legislature in Tallahassee arguing over tax breaks for for rich people, uh, you know, uh, not allowing kids to learn about racism and
1: sexuality? Because that's how it feels. And the next one is increased testing to make certain that, that products are safe and properly potent. Oh, so that actually passed. Is that going somewhere? Where is that? Now that's that's another amendment that he put that he put in. Yesterday okay. Anna Maria Rodriguez put it in the Senate bill, but she went through it. So truth and the truth in potency testing, is that what you're saying? hmm Okay, so truth and testing.
3: That's a patient centric thing. I think that's important. So Carlos, you have to you know have tests for all that stuff. You got up in the shop, right?
0: I mean, it's, it doesn't, it's, it's quite easy. Like I only sell products that already, you know, get their products tested. Um, yeah. I mean, this, everything really just falls on the manufacturer. It's pretty easy. It's no big deal. It's actually like when, when all these like testing laws actually pass. Whoa. Whoa. Oh, you got something
3: off the press, Gary?
0: Yeah,
1: it looks, looks like Carlos Smith just uh, uh, filed the uh, re- reciprocity amendment. Oh, well, kudos to
3: Representative Guillermo Smith. Uh, I think that is a smart piece of legislation. Uh, A patient reached out to me the other day from out of state. and They said they were coming to visit their family in Florida, and I had to break the bad news to them that we do not have reciprocity. And I was talking to a a friend of mine the other day who is a patient in Florida, and he's happy
1: because when he goes to New Jersey, they do have reciprocity. It's not the exact bill that I wrote, unfortunately, but um, because it allows you to have a two-week medical card for $50.
3: Well— Something is better than nothing. Yeah. And and you're going to have to pay the cost of doing business. And basically that's the state of Florida saying that if you want to buy weed here and you're from out of state, it's going to cost you 50 bucks up front. Mm-hmm. I mean, hey, what are they going to do with the revenues? I think that's a more important question. Because they're going to two things are for sure in life. You're going to die and you're going to pay taxes. Those are the two things you guarantee. So where's the tax money going to go from that? Do they have a earmarked? Okay, Larney just
1: filed an amendment for public employee protection. Really?
3: That's good. Okay, well, I would encourage uh, our friends in the Senate to do the same, and hopefully we can get that passed through. You know, public employees, uh, the reason that's important is any employment protection. Like, we originally started with this bill, we believed, and we wrote it in its original form, that Anybody in the state of Florida who is a medical marijuana patient should not be fired from a job or precluded from employment just because they're a patient. Like you know, basically pissing dirty and you're a patient, that doesn't make sense. And and uh, you know, hopefully that eventually phase out um, your analysis as a reliable drug test because, in the grand scheme of things, it's not. Uh, if you really want to test someone, an oral swab you know, right before they get on the job would make the most sense. I mean, we're already testing people for coronavirus like that, where people got to, you know, take the swab before they do it. I think it makes sense for employment standards. If you want to make sure your bus driver, you know, isn't isn't getting stoned before, he, you know, he ends up going, do the oral swab. If you got to operate heavy machinery and you're in a sensitive position, that makes sense. But the fact that, you know, someone has to take a P-test to work in a cubicle all day you know, or or you know, they're a public employee,
1: and they're, they're you know they're I'd, getting fired.
0: I'd have to be hired and working in Cuba. I, I think any oh,
1: sentence that involves oral and job should not involve the word swab. <laughs> you know, like sometimes you say stuff, and I
0: just don't understand
3: it. <laughs> it's okay,
0: <laughs> Gary, Gary brings balance. I don't. I don't, it I don't balance. balance.
1: It's deep. It's it
0: like, was that sorry, dirty,
1: or was I grew that up in the oral tradition. Or I'm sorry, I happening was. right now. Oh, my goodness! It's, it's, All right, it's guys, nice. I, I think Well, look,
3: call. well no, I, I just I, again, um, uh, uh, again, the, the expo I think is important, the legislative updates are important. Um, you know, I was just speaking on with the national normal chapters yesterday, and uh, of course, we're going to have the other normal chapters across the state are welcome to come to the expo, we'll have a table for them. Uh, but again. The most important thing we could do is continue to move, move forward. Around. We gotta move forward in this state, as Tommy was saying, we can't go backwards. Uh, we gotta make this state where, you know, patients aren't being fired, they're not losing their livelihoods. People shouldn't be fired from their jobs for utilizing cannabis, end of story. Like it, we, we gotta get to, that's the, that's the point we're trying to get to. It's gonna take baby steps, but we're here to keep fighting and we can't do it without you. Become a member, suncoastnormal.org. We don't take money to do this job. We we want you to become a member. All the money goes into our advocacy work, all of our memberships. We make sure that we're doing everything we can to make sure we build a patient-centric system here. And that at a national level, we continue to fight. Uh, there's some interesting legislation that hopefully by the end of the year we'll see. Uh, the Moore Act is still uh, floating around. Look, demand that Nancy Pelosi bring that to a floor vote. Uh, Then in April, uh, you know, we're looking for uh, Majority Leader Schumer to introduce the Cannabis Administration and Opportunity Act. And the Democrats, loud and clearly, you know, if they plan on holding on uh, to the House and to the Senate, I encourage them highly to pass cannabis legalization before the end of the year, before the midterm elections. Um, If they don't, I really don't see them holding on to power. And and, and the worst part is is that if we go into a a split legislature uh, where there's gonna be partisan gridlock, we won't see any legalization bills uh, move out for the rest of Biden's administration. And I just don't see us being able to kick this down to the, the can down the road another four years. Or as Tommy said, there are people dying. And they need access to this. And and, uh, death is something that uh, is going to shake people up. But uh, at the state level, we're seeing legislatures in places we never thought, like Mississippi and even Texas. And even though they're baby steps and they're not fully medical programs, at least they're getting there. And thanks to the normal chapters in Texas, in in Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, uh, all across the South, uh, South Carolina, who are fighting in hard prohibition states to get these last few dominoes to fall, uh, because as we can see, the eastern seaboard now, uh, pretty much from Virginia up to Maine, uh, we have legalization in one form or another, the entire West Coast, and then we have you know, the Midwest now, uh, from Colorado to, to Illinois. And we're, uh, you know, Ohio's on the horizon with legalization. So uh, the Deep South really is the last bastion of prohibition. And it it would strike a big blow uh, to the way the police state in this country is carried out uh, and how the war on weed uh, has affected so many Americans, uh, you know, over the past 80 years.
0: Cool. Well, I love you guys. Absolutely. Bye. Peace. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I love you my
1: heart and soul. This has been the rotation and you have been a part of it. You can be a bigger part of it by joining Suncoast Normal. Suncoast Normal is an organization that can help you make the change that we all need. Go to the Suncoast Normal website and become a member. Because that
2: is how you become part of the change.
1: You
0: can find the Rotation podcast on both SoundCloud and iTunes. But you can always join us in the Rotation at suncoastnormal.org. At that very website, you can join the cannabis movement by becoming a member of Suncoast Normal. Gain access to cannabis events, Cannabis Info, Normal's legal network, and even a free membership to National. All by joining Suncoast Normal. That website, again, is suncoastnorml.org. You can also find us on social media at Suncoast Normal. Uh, find us on both Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you, Gary, and good night. Good night.